0: la 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 you're listening to code switch i'm shereen mighty soul maraji and
1: i'm gene dummy welcome back homie
0: thank you it's good to be back
1: all right so what we got this week
0: this week, we have a story from our friends over at Latino USA, and if you're not listening to their podcast, you really need to be. Coming up, you're going to hear about what happened when a pretty famous person from one community of color went out of his way to help someone from another community of color. Dun, dun, dun. And then the internet found out.
1: Oh, the internet. I'm going to guess the internet <laughs> felt some type of way about it. Like, you know what I mean? Always helping oh, out yeah. that other man, but not helping out the brother man.
0: <laughs> right. There are all types of feelings about it.
1: All right, so who who was this famous person?
0: I'm not going to ruin the surprise. So let's get to the story. From
2: NPR and the Futuro Media Group, it's Latino USA. I'm Maria Hinojosa, and today, a deportee, a rapper, and the power of the internet joining me in the studio is producer Janice Yamoka.
3: So Maria, we're here to talk about Jorge Garcia. Are you familiar with that name?
2: There are a lot of Jorge Garcias out there.
3: Okay, true, but we're going to talk about the specific Jorge Garcia. He's from Mexico, but he grew up in the U.S. and he came here when he was 10 years old. And then when he was in his 20s, he met the woman who would become his wife, Cindy Garcia.
4: We met at a baby shower at his mom's house. We knew we were meant for each other because we didn't date for that long, and we just decided
3: to get married. So right before they're about to get married, Jorge delivers one important piece of news. He tells her he's undocumented. But for Cindy, it wasn't a big deal. She's a U.S. citizen, and her father was also undocumented once upon a time. But he's become a U.S. citizen since. So the whole undocumented thing, it never worried her at all. And this is all pretty typical. Right. So Cindy jumped right into it, trying to get Jorge on the path to citizenship. We started the process in 2005. They got an immigration lawyer. But soon after, they started working with this lawyer. They had this feeling that something wasn't going right. So about a year after they started the whole process, a judge ordered Jorge's deportation. Even though he was in the midst of trying to fix it all. Exactly. Trying to do, quote unquote, the right thing. Exactly. Jorge's family appealed the deportation. And it wasn't until three years later that they actually got to go in front of an immigration judge. So they showed the judge Jorge's documents, filled out by the lawyer. And according to Cindy, the judge took everything and was like, let me take this and review it. She said that the lawyer had filled out wrong information, like the wrong point of entry. And so it looked weird to the judge. So the judge made a decision in writing. At that
4: point, we received a letter in the mail stating that my husband had to leave in 90 days.
3: Okay, this is where it gets a little technical, so stay with me. After getting the deportation order, Jorge was able to get something called a stay of deportation for one year, which is basically an order that lets you stay longer. And it's something that's granted to people who haven't committed any major crimes. Pretty much if you're a quote-unquote model citizen, but you just happen to be undocumented. So Jorge's case is what people call low priority, meaning he had no criminal record. So the Department of Homeland Security puts cases like this generally at the bottom of their to-do list. And in the meantime, he would have to go to an immigration office, let ICE know that, hey, I'm still here and I still haven't committed any major crimes. So Jorge did this year after year, until one day in November of 2017.
4: It was a typical check-in on that day. He was in there and then the next thing we know, the officer had said, we're going to detain him. And I'm Face turned white. My husband's face. We were just amazed at what was going on. Like, oh my God, what, what, was it? What's
3: happening? Jorge was told to buy a one-way ticket to Mexico, and that it was non-negotiable. In the twelve years that they were trying to fix his paperwork, Jorge and his family lost their home and spent over one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. He was told he could stay for the holidays, but he would have to leave on January fifteenth, two 2018, Martin Luther King Jr. Day.
4: A friend of mine picked us up, took us to the airport, and that's when I did Facebook Live because I wanted people to understand the emotions, the
3: actual truth behind someone being deported. What you're listening to is a Facebook live stream posted by Michigan United. And you see Jorge, Cindy, and their two kids embracing in one big family hug, just crying in the airport.
4: And then um, when immigration got there is when it finally hit us that, wow, it's, it's coming. And they're here. So they took us to the elevator and everybody followed us down. And then we were at the gate And that's when we had to say our last goodbyes to him.
3: It's really hard to listen to. Exactly. The Detroit Free Press was covering it. They are the ones who broke the story. And that's when it blew up. Not only because Jorge was a likable guy and had a lot of supporters, but because he had lived in the U.S. for 30 years. He's a father and he was a type of immigrant considered a quote-unquote good immigrant. So it was really shocking to people to see ICE deported in this way and to see the tearful goodbyes that were captured on Facebook Live her story was getting picked up not just locally but nationally by CNN, The Washington Post. and then it caught the eye of someone you might not expect.
1: They see me rolling they hating, patrolling and trying, to kiss me dirty, trying to kiss me dirty.
3: That would be chameleonaire. Do you know who chameleonaire is? I know now. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard that
2: song? I have heard that song. My kids were listening to it and that it was kind of, you know, it was a party song. Even though I knew this song, I didn't know who had made it. Now I know who Chameleon is.
3: Okay, so for those of you who don't know, Chameleon is a rapper. And Raiden, the song you just heard, is one of his biggest singles. But he's also a philanthropist. Last year, Chamillionaire created a foundation to help with Hurricane Harvey. And he also is pretty well known in business, specifically tech. He's called an angel investor, which is pretty much what you call a wealthy person who invests into small startups. So, anyway, Chamillionaire reads this article from the Detroit Free Press and sees the headline. And he actually writes to the journalist. Here's what he said. I recently read your article about Jorge Garcia being deported to Mexico after 30 years of being in the United States, and I'm reaching out to find if you can possibly connect me with his family. I'm a musician and tech investor, and I'm looking to talk to them to see how I can help with the financial support in his absence. So the journalist gets this email from Camillionaire, pretty big rapper and don't forget tech investor, and he takes a screenshot of the private email and shares it on his personal Twitter. And by the time I saw it, it had over 30,000 likes. Whoa. So the tweet comes out, and then what happens? Well, so here's where it gets interesting. There were a few different responses. You know, people had all kinds of mixed emotions. So I printed out some responses for you to see. Okay. Here's one pro-chameleonair response from Twitter.
2: Um... So the pro response is, you have such a big heart. Learn
3: from this man with a couple of heart emojis. But then there was a different kind of response. And this one didn't have those heart emojis. Can you read this one from Chameleon Instagram? Okay, so let me see. So this is something on his Instagram. And it says,
2: there wasn't a black family you couldn't have reached out to and offered assistance to? Maybe it went this way because it wasn't the correct move to be made. Correct me if I'm wrong. Can you name a Hispanic artist that's reached out to assist a Black family in need? We're quick to care for others before looking out for our own. But that's just my
3: opinion. So these types of comments are not new. That's Ariana Curtis. She's a curator of Latino studies at the National Museum of African American History and Culture and an expert in African-American and Latino relations. I reached out to her to get more context on the backlash Chameleon Air received. And she's Afro-Latina herself. Her dad is Panamanian and her mom is African-American, so she understands both sides. Side note, she also likes hip-hop. And as soon as I called her to talk about this story, she knew exactly what I was talking about. Because for her,
5: this is an old narrative. African-Americans and Nexes are often pitted against each other as groups of competition rather than groups of solidarity. And so I think That is what people viscerally respond to when they see a black person going out of his way or what is considered going out of his way for someone outside of his community, when perhaps they don't know anything publicly about what he does for his own community. Right. So just people asking for receipts.
3: On top of that, Ariana says that most of the backlash is based on stereotypes that both communities have of one another.
5: Immigration is such a political issue right now. And there are these perceptions of immigrants um, displacing people's jobs. And we really have to interrogate stereotypes within communities of color, right? Not just anti blackness in, in, in Latinx communities, but specifically anti African American sentiment in our communities and anti Latinx sentiment in African American communities. So,
3: anyway, Camillionaire watched this all unfold online. But instead of just letting it blow over or just even ignoring it, he actually got involved. He made a series of videos where he went deep into the negative and positive reaction, and he posted it all on Instagram. Here's one of them.
1: Well, a lot of people hit me saying they don't understand why a black men would want to help Mexicans and nonsense like they don't do nothing for us. Black people need to only help black people. I'm sorry you feel that way, but I'm from Texas. Tejas. I know a lot of y'all have been misled to believe the toxic narrative that Mexicans are doing this and Mexicans are doing that. Like, they aren't valuable contributors to our economy and our society.
3: He went on to say that Mexicans helped him succeed in his music career.
1: Here's a little history lesson. Riding Dirty was produced by two Mexicans.
3: Actually, Riding was produced by Plain Skills, who are two brothers of Argentinian and Venezuelan descent from Texas, but... (laughs) <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll, you, we'll, well, we'll give you a little we'll past chameleon yeah, a little one. The
1: manager that took it to the top of the charts, Mexican. One of the retailers that sold the most mixtapes for me was Mexican, but he didn't work in the store. He owned it. And guess who showed up at the shows? You guessed it.
3: And the video we just heard is actually just one of six videos on Instagram that he posted on the topic. The discussion that popped up in the comments afterwards was huge. People were fighting him. People were fighting each other. It got ugly,
2: you know. And I just remember, like, wondering. So, what is going on for Chamillionaire? Because, I mean, his whole persona really sounds super sincere. But I wondered, like, does he know what he's getting into, or was he really surprised by all of this and taken aback by it too?
1: After the break, Maria Inojosa sits down with Chamillionaire.
0: Stay with us.
1: Support for this NPR podcast and the following message come from ZipRecruiter. Are you hiring? Every business needs great people and a better way to find them. Something better than posting your job online and waiting for the right people to see it. ZipRecruiter can help. Their technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash switch. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Our Up First team goes to work while you're sleeping. That way, you wake up to the freshest take on the day's news. It's the 10 minute morning news podcast from NPR. Listen to Up First on the NPR One app or wherever you get your podcasts. Gene, Shereen, Code Switch, and now a conversation with Chamillionaire and Maria Inahosa from Latino USA.
2: Hello? Yeah. Is that yeah. you? Yeah. Oh, my what goodness. Up? I know. You're You're like, why is this woman acting so strange? I am so honored to be speaking with you at this moment.
1: The pleasure is mine. The pleasure is mine.
2: No, I'm serious. And let me start out. Um, how do you want me to address you? What's
1: the right... Cam is what everybody calls
2: Cam. Cam. What was the backlash that you started seeing, and what were your feelings about it?
1: Okay, so the backlash that I started receiving is once the article came out, that um detailed my wanting to help this family people that are actually real that really feel that way that reached out to me through all different methods email general messages on instagram all over the place and 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 sent me long detailed articles about why i was wrong right and i know people are going to have their different opinions but i just think that it's wrong for me not to state how I really feel about the situation and just be quiet when so many people that hate are are very open and transparent about their hate. They put it all over social media and they do that. And then the, the quiet voices kind of just stay in the shadow. So I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll take the hate.
2: There are probably a lot of people who also think that the only people who are getting deported are brown people, people from Mexico, from Honduras, from El Salvador, But in fact, I mean, your dad was an immigrant from Nigeria?
1: Nigeria, correct. Well, just growing up, I I was always very familiar with, you know, stuff like visas and green cards and passports and and, and immigration and deportation because it's just family, friends, and it was just always a conversation that was going on in the family. And of course, a lot of those conversations were, you know, African-American issues and, you know, issues of, of related family members and stuff like that. But, you know, as we started settling in Texas and started just realizing that the population was, it was, it seems like a majority, you know, Hispanic, Latino, you know, everywhere at every school I went to, I mean, the song that I put out and dirty, that was the biggest ever, you know, Latinos produced that for me. You know, my manager was Latino. Like it, it, it's just everywhere in my life, it was present. So now this conversation is not something that's just like, I just popped up and decided I want to talk about this. It's something that I've been almost living. You know what I mean? I can think about all my friends from high school and people that I bump into today that I know that are affected by these, these laws, which I believe are unfair. You know, like if you think about Jorge's situation. It's like this guy was here for 30 years, 30 years. Tra- and people say, well, why doesn't he just go? He should have he's lazy. He should have went up and, and you know, and, and, and got legal status. And it's like they don't realize the process that it takes to become legal here. Like that is broken. I don't know. Maybe people only care about themselves or only care about a situation until it directly affects them. But I mean, I feel differently about it.
2: So what happened after you got in touch with Cindy Garcia? And where do things stand now in terms of Jorge and Cindy and and your relationship with them?
1: Well, the good part about it is that the people on the Internet um, went through a lot of trouble to try to get me in touch with Cindy, which they found her and then they connected us via Facebook. And then we started talking. She sent me her phone number, and we had a great conversation. When you're a celebrity, it's easy to amplify things, and everybody knows about it. And, you know, everybody posts on social media. But, you know, when that conversation happened about, hey, Mexicans do nothing to help us as African Americans, I'm thinking about the moment we're in Hurricane Harvey on the back of a truck riding through 10 feet of water. And there are Latinos, you know, Mexicans, jumping out of the back into the water to go and help people with me. Like that's who is helping save us, you know. So, so it's almost offensive when I hear people say all this stuff. But I, I definitely try not to take, you know, the credit for it because, you know, this is, this isn't something that that that, you know, I do for any kind of credit or anything like that.
2: I just want to say thank you on behalf of all of us at Futuro Media and Latino USA for speaking with us. El gusto es mio. Ay, gracias, Cam. <laughs> So what did you think, Maria? The truth is, I didn't know about his personal story, so I'm just totally blown away. You know, he understands this immigrant experience because his dad was an immigrant. And the fact that he's so aware of his ties to the Latino community in Texas and across the country is just so real.
3: Yeah, it's the layers that nobody sees until we decide to share them ourselves. Or in Camillionaire's case, until the Internet forces you to share them. And so while it was unexpected that Camonganer was receiving this backlash for this seemingly small gesture, Ariana, the expert we heard from earlier, says that it's maybe a good thing after all. You know, it exposes topics we normally don't talk about in public.
5: That African-Americans and Latinx communities aren't necessarily a unified community, that there aren't tensions, that there aren't conflicts, that there aren't just some insecurities revolving around these perceptions of job loss or economic displacement or You know, physical displacement. You also see some of that being reflected in politics. Just this idea that these are two completely separate and unlinked communities, I think is interesting. And
3: hearing these topics talked about by a celebrity like Chameleon Air, it brings this whole thing to another level.
5: And so I think when we get to why aren't you helping your own? Um, I'm making air quotes that, of course, you can't see. But we have to rethink what we mean by our own. You know, the fact that we talk about black and brown lives and black and brown bodies, you know, where are the limits of that?
3: So in a way, leaning into these uncomfortable conversations makes us rethink how we're defining who is us, who is not us, and who is more deserving of help. And Janice, I don't know.
2: Never thought I'd say this, but thank you for making my chameleon air dreams come true. (laughs) You're welcome, Maria. Thanks so much.
5: I say it loud. I'm Latino and proud.
2: As a result of their conversation, Chamillionaire plans to help Cindy Garcia start a foundation in Michigan to help other mixed status families like hers try to find legal solutions. As for Jorge Garcia, the man who was deported after living in the United States for 30 years, he's currently living in Mexico City with a family member. Cindy and their two kids plan to visit him in April.
1: All right, y'all, that's our show. The piece y'all heard today was reported and produced by Janice Yamoka. It was edited by Nadia Raymond and mixed by Jeannie Montavo.
0: Big thanks to our gente over at Latino USA. I'm going to have in in my head all week.
1: Right? I mean, they see
0: me rolling, they hating, patrolling, and trying to, anyway.
1: Trying to get me riding dirty.
0: A shout out to the rest of the Code Switch team Leah Danella, Sammy Yanigan, Maria Paz Gutierrez, Adrian Florido, Catchaw, Chow, Karen Grisby Bates, Walter Ray Watson, Steve Drummond, and our intern, Kumari Devarajan. I'm Gene Demby. And I'm Shereen Marisol Meraji. Be easy. Peace.
1: ever get to Friday, look back on the week and say to yourself, what just happened? I'm Sam Sanders. Check out my podcast. It's been a minute where every Friday we catch up on the news and the culture of the week and try to make sense of it all. Listen on the NPR one app or wherever you get your podcasts.